0: Turn with me to uh, Matthew, please. Matthew six. I can point to this passage of scripture as the pivotal revelation in Phyllis and my turnaround in our finances. Oh, two plus decades ago, we had uh, already were in the ministry. I was already preaching and we were broke. We are making, we had more money coming in than we'd ever had, but we're in worse shape too. You know, we talked about this uh, this past weekend, you can have a million dollars a week coming in, but if you're spending 1.2, <laughs> in uh, five weeks, you're a million in a hole. Hmm. even though you got a lot coming in. And so we had, I don't know if you call it a lot, but we had more coming in than what we had had, but we got in bad shape. And this went on month after month, after month after month, and actually year after year. And I'm a preacher. I believe in prosperity. And uh, it got to the point, I remember one, one afternoon I came in and nobody's in the house but me yet. And and I went into the little bedroom and, and I, I fell across the bed. It was weighing on me so, so strong. I, I fell across the bed and, and wept and cried. I said, God, this is not right. You know, financial pressure is, is a bad thing. It's a tormenting thing. Even when, you know, you're doing other stuff, it's gnawing on the back of your mind about those bills, about something that's behind, about about this and the other. And, and there are things that, I wanted to be a part of and, and projects were going and I wanted to, we wanted to give in them and we just had nothing. We just were behind and, and broke. And I pled with the Lord. I said, Lord, I know this is not your fault. I know you are not a God of lack. I know this is not your will for me. I, I believe with all my heart you are a God of abundance. You are a God of plenty. You're a good God. Have mercy on us and help us. What I don't see, show me. What I'm missing, reveal it to me. Anybody that would help me that you could hook me with and, and help me to receive through them the thing I need to see or hear, I'm asking for it. And I cried out to him with all my heart. You know what the Bible said about that? If you cry out to the Lord with all your heart, what did it say? He'll answer you. He will. And looking back now, I can see at that very moment was a turnaround. Now, I didn't know the answers that evening, nor the next day, nor the next two or three. But I can look back and see that right after that, the Lord began teaching me about these things. And it seemed like for the next five years, every day, he was showing me something and taking me. And the first thing he took me to was this chapter. The first thing he took me to was this chapter. Matthew six thirty-three. Anybody got it marked? I had it marked when he took me to it. <laughs> I think I had it highlighted and underlined and notes on both sides. <laughs> what does it say? but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. The word of the Lord. And the Lord brought me to that and he said, you know this, but you're not doing it. I thought, "Whoa." I mean, I'd preached on it <laughs> more than once or twice. And and he said, "In fact, many of my people know this verse and quote this verse, but they're not doing it." They're not doing it. And in not doing it, you violate The first principle of prosperity. I believe this to be the master key, the master principle for God's provision, for God's plenty, for God's prosperity. Seek ye first, say it out loud, seek ye ye first what? The kingdom of God. Now we're going to talk about what that is, but that's what you do, and His righteousness, and what? All these things. All these things. Say it out loud. All these things. All these things. Say it again. All these things. All these things. All what things? things. Back up to the previous verse. Back up to the previous verse. For what? For what? For after all these things. Say it out loud all these things. things. After all these things do the Gentiles seek. Now, here Gentiles refers to godless people, people outside the covenants of God, godless individuals. Godless people spend the bulk of their time seeking after all these things. And he said, for your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things. Now that's a good verse. Because there's some people that think they're more spiritual than us. And they try to tell us we may not really know it, but we don't need all these things. But we got scripture where Jesus said that the father knew that we needed all these things. Anybody with me or not? Yeah. You don't need all these things. Well, the Bible said we did. <laughs> Jesus said the Father knew that we did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anybody in here getting that? Yeah. Yeah. Sit out loud God knows, God knows. I need all these things. All these things. <laughs> 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 You're quoting Jesus. Yeah. The Father knows. That you have need. Of all these things. You need some stuff. My brother. My sister. You need some stuff. (laughs) That's a bad time to be quiet. You need some stuff. You need some stuff. (laughs) We needed some stuff. So you could come here to this meeting. We needed buildings and lands and electrical and lighting and sound and instruments and internet and CDs and DVDs and money, piles of money. Huh? And the Lord knew we needed all those things, didn't he? And people like, you know, charismatics and faith people particularly like to emphasize the ending phrases of these promised scriptures. That's the part everybody wants you to get to, and they're waiting to shout on the ending phrase. And all these things shall be added unto you, and people go, Yay! <laughs> But if you don't get excited about seeking first the kingdom, there won't be anything to be excited about (laughs) afterwards, because all these things being added to you is dependent upon and following after seeking first the kingdom. Thank you, Lord. The Lord took me to that. I mean, it was days after I prayed that prayer laying on the bed. He took me to this. I was spending some extra time praying and seeking him about this. And he took me to that passage and I I turned to it and I sat down and read it. He said, son, you and Phyllis are not doing this. I thought, Lord, you know, we left our family. (laughs) We left home. I left my hot rod (laughs) and my dog. I left mama and her cooking and grandma and her huckleberry cobbler and dumplings and all that. I left my family and Phyllis left her family and, and then the Lord says, you're not doing this. Well, um, let me give you some advice. Whatever the Lord says, agree with it. (laughs) No matter how it first strikes you, or what your head wants to think or respond, agree with him. Agree with him. I think about the Syrophoenician woman. She called out. You know thou son of David. Have mercy on me. The Lord ignored her. You know. the Disciples said send her away. She's bothering us. Jesus said you know it's not right. To take the children's bread. And to throw it to the dogs. Now a lot of people. I mean just ignoring them. Would have been enough for them. Wouldn't it? I mean they would have got attitude. With a capital A. They would have thought. Excuse me. Excuse, I thought this was a church. Where somebody could come get some help. Oh you don't have time for me. Oh well I'm bothering you. Am I. Oh excuse me. But then you get to this point And they go dog. Dog. Who. Who are you calling the dog preacher. And they would have lit into him. And given him a piece of their mind and left without. And their story wouldn't be in the book. But listen to this woman. It's not right to take the children's bread, throw it to the dogs. What does she say? Truth, Lord. What does that mean? What does that that mean? Truth. What What is she agreeing to? Truth. What did you say? It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Well, she's not part of the children, so she must be.
1: <laughs>
0: Let me help you out, friends. If the Lord says you're a dog, you say bye-bye. You you <laughs> You say, Lord, whatever you say. <laughs> Is whether whether you think so, whether it looks so, he's always always right, don't argue with him. Don't. Don't try to explain and just humble yourself. And so the Lord says, "You're not doing that." And I said, "Well, Lord, you're right. Obviously. Help me to see it." He said, "Many of my children Know this, and quote this, but don't do it. The kingdom is not first with them. when they get paid, and they make some money, first thing they think about house payment, kids need clothes, insurance, this, that, we got to take care of your family. Family comes first. (laughs) Hmm? There's only one first slot. (laughs) Only one. If family's in it, God's down the list somewhere. Hmm? And so people, that's why so many people, they, they never have anything to give. And it's their fault. You sure you want this? <laughs> I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about what the Lord told me. Phyllis and me. He said, you're not putting me first. He began to take me through thing after thing. We were where we couldn't give. And he, he took me through it thing after thing. We had some new cars. We had some other stuff. We had some expensive bills here, some expensive bills there. He said, You should have thought about uh, giving before you signed on that, that big payment. But see, you put that first, and now you're, you're hollering and crying because you don't, and you've already violated the first principle of prosperity. You put that car, you put that house, you put that thing first. Can you see that? And millions of Christians all over the place they think first about their bills first about even some people their desires, their hobbies and all kind of stuff and then they get to church and think it's offering time do I have anything to give? I don't know, let me see if I got a dollar. Putting the kingdom first is nowhere around them. And the Lord dealt with me if you want To get in the position where I can bless you like I want to. You gotta do what I told you to do. You have to seek first the kingdom of God, and that's with your heart, and that's with your actions, that's with your words, that's with your plans, that's with your money, that's with everything. How many think God ought to be first? You believe it or not? It's a lot easier to say. Than to do. And so he began to deal with me about tithing. We had tithed kind (laughs) of, sort of, as we could, as we were able. Because if you don't have it, you just don't have it. Wanted to. Wanted to, but just didn't have it. And that's the location of millions. But what people are not acknowledging is why don't you have it? Why are you in that situation? People are not taking responsibility. They're 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 playing the victim. And like surely you don't expect anything out of me. I mean I'm broke. Well, it's, it's not what I think it's what the Lord said he said the tithe was his now if you're not clear on that you need to get clear don't don't base it just on what I'm, I'm saying put your nose in this book that's what I had to do I had studied it but man I, I got in earnest and, and I looked at every verse again and I looked up the words and, and I poured my heart out and, and finally I realized I got to make up my mind now Either the tithe is his and it's not mine. And if it's his, I can't do what I want to do with it. If it's mine, I can do whatever I want to do with it. It's not his. Is it his? Or is it mine? It's just that simple. Now people like to keep it fuzzy. (laughs) So they can pretend they don't know. (laughs) And so what we were doing... As we're saying, well, Lord, we we want to tithe, but we just can't right now. We're not able to. So what we're going to do is is we're going to take that tithe and we're going to pay some bills with it because we know you want us to be a good witness paying our bills. And so what we're going to do is uh, we're going to believe and ask you for more money to come in. And what we'll do, we'll believe for you to give us enough money to pay you back.
1: <laughs>
0: plus enough to And when you're not obeying the Lord, your heart condemns you and your faith is not there. And so after some weeks of pondering this and studying it and le- some of these things I'm supposed to have already known. And Phyllis and I talked about it at length, and we prayed about it. We made up our mind. We're through playing with this. Forgive us, God. We're going to tithe. We're going to be tithers from now on. The ministry is, and we are personally. And when the money comes in, we're going to take the tithe and the offering right off the top. We're going to separate it from our money it's not our money. We, I don't care how bad we're hurting or what we need. We're not going to touch it for anything. For bills or personal. Care. It's not ours. It's not ours. And I can tell you. That's when our breakthrough will begin to happen. Financially. The Bible says honor the Lord. With your substance. And the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty. And your presses will burst out. When you now everybody wants to shout about the plenty. And the busting out. <laughs> but I mean know oh, again. You can't just shout on the end of the verse. If you don't shout about putting God first. With your substance. And first fruits of your increase. Then there's be, be nothing to shout about on the end. Yeah. He dealt with me. Put, put me first. Put me first. And we found out that if you would no matter how, what kind of shape you were in, if you'd put God first, then the confidence was there. A lot of times you didn't have enough to, even if you'd have took his money, it wasn't enough to do everything anyway. You're going to have to believe God anyway. And it's so much easier to believe him when you've obeyed him. Then you got confidence. You say Lord. I'm putting you first. And you told me. If I would bring the tithes. You would open up the windows of heaven. You'd pour out blessing on me. Till there wasn't enough room. You'd rebuke the devourer. For my sake. You said it. There are tremendous. Protection. And benefits. For tithers. So from that day to this. Phyllis and I are tithers. Not kinda. Not sorta. Tithers. Tithers plus. The tithe is 10%. There's no such thing as 11% tithe. That'd be the tithe and a 1% offering. The offering is yours to do with as you choose. The tithe is not. A lot of people like to say, well, everything I have is the Lord's. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. If it is, you've got nothing to give him. You can't even give him an offering. It's not true. He didn't say everything you've got is mine. He said the tithe is mine. Hmm. That means the rest of it's yours. And it means you you got something for your your bills and your stuff and your desires. And you've got something that is yours that you can give him. And he's not saying, well, that was mine already. I'm gonna say, well, he gave it to me. Yeah, but when he gave it to you, it's really yours. (laughs) So then it's really yours. You can turn around and give it to him and he'll receive it as a gift from you. What what an awesome thing to be able to give to the giver. He has enabled us to do this. Thank you, Lord. Tithing is so much more than writing a 10% check. People that Christians who don't tithe are saying, Hey, that's my money. I worked for it. I earned it. That's mine to do what I want to with. And it is, people don't realize it, but it's arrogance. Because the truth is, your heart would not beat again except for the Lord's grace. You wouldn't have any brightness of mind. You couldn't get up and find your way to the sink in the morning. Did you hear me, saints? You couldn't dress yourself. You couldn't get out of bed. Much less go make any money. Unless the Lord allowed you to. And when good things happen to you, he has gone before you. Hasn't he? And prepared the way before. When you make a deal and other people don't, it's not because you're prettier than them. It's the favor of the Lord. It's the blessing of the Lord. And if you have enough sense to realize that and acknowledge that, you got no problem taking the holy portion off the top and coming before the Lord in worship and saying, Lord, I wouldn't have anything if you hadn't given it to me and hadn't blessed me to where I could work and I could make some money. And I'm honoring you with the first part of it here. I'm honoring you with the tithe. Can you see this? It's a matter of humility. It's a matter of acknowledging that God gave it to you. It's it's a matter of faith. It's a spiritual thing, a heart thing. And the tithe, the money part, as well as the offering part, is, is actually just a husk. The money is actually just a material husk around the real seed. The real seed is your heart your faith, your honor. And God allows us to wrap it in a check or in some money and release it. If it's only money and there's no faith in it or no heart in it, it doesn't please the Lord, he doesn't even receive it. Whoever you gave it to might have received it, but the Lord didn't receive it. Because without faith, it is impossible. To, so you, you couldn't write a big enough check to impress God for him to receive it from you. And there's no amount, there's no number that you can impress him with. And yet, a woman can take two mites. <laughs> huh? And because her heart's in it and her faith's in it, Jesus interrupts the whole proceedings. It says, Look at this. Look at it. He was watching what they put in. Wasn't he? You know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> He was, he was watching the amount they put in, and she put those two little things in there, and he caused everybody's attention. And his disciples he said, "Look at this! This woman has outgiven everybody in the place today." And they were they were wealthy people that were giving big checks, and they thought, "What? He you knew how much I gave? He did. He's watching how much they gave. Yeah. Bible said he was watching how much they gave. Why? Well, you can't give more than a hundred percent." He said, she gave all her living. She gave everything she had. That means nobody can outgive you no matter how much they have.
1: <laughs>
0: We're all on the same footing. I don't care if this man's a billionaire and this man's got $2. God doesn't look at the amount, He does look at the percentage, and He looks at the heart. So nobody, nobody can outdo you. It's up to you. I didn't intend to go this way, but here we are. Go ahead, go, go, go. I'm telling you how the Lord brought us out. I know this was where some things were broken. Because we had gone month after month and year after year in lack. Coming behind. Short. Short. Coming short, coming short. Yeah, We had some more coming in, but you still had more going out than you had coming in, and we're getting in, in worse shape every month. And the first thing the Lord did, he brought me to this passage, and he said, Keith, you're not doing this. You know it, but you're not doing it. And he said, many of my children know this, but they're not doing it. They put all kind of stuff ahead of me and the kingdom and the, and the works of God. And then if they have anything, if they're able... They try to do something. And he said they violated the first principle of prosperity. Tell me what it is. Matthew 6.33. Tell me what it is again. Do what? Seek ye first first the what? The The kingdom of God. Man, I got so much in me on this. I'm trying to think how can we get up to all this. Have you ever studied on the kingdom of God? You're in Matthew 6. Just the next chapter here, chapter 7. I was uh, watching a news talk show one, uh, one evening, years ago. And a very well-known preacher was on there. They were interviewing him. And uh, they're talking about a number of things. And the interviewer, if I call the name of it, y'all do recognize it. It's internationally known. And uh, the interviewer said, uh, well, now, Jesus preached love and acceptance. And, and the pastor said, well, yeah, yeah. And so then they went off talking about some things along that line. And when he said that, the Lord spoke up in my heart. He said, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. So, boy, the next day I got to studying about what he preached. And did you know that is not true? That is universally believed. But it's not true. I'm getting looks across all the crowd. <laughs> now, you watch. So many times when people are saying that, acceptance of what? What? They're trying to get you to agree that their sin is acceptable. Accept my sin. Accept my ungodly lifestyle. Accept my perversion. Accept my sin. Accept my faithlessness. Me being an atheist or an agnostic or intellectual unbeliever. Well, Jesus accepted everybody. Jesus accepted everybody. And, and the problem is. Preachers will agree with this. They'll look at them and go. Yeah that's right. Jesus accepted everybody. People say. And you, and you have to accept me. The way I am. Said who? Well this is going over big. Well you have to love me. Just the way I am. No I don't. No we don't. We love you. We don't have to love your goofy ways, all the ways you are no <laughs> we don't have to accept all your junk no <laughs> what did Jesus really preach? Matthew seven yeah, I've already given you hints on this, having the other y'all are, already ahead of me. Uh, You know, go back to the fourth chapter actually of, of Matthew. There's there's two or three places where it talks about this, but Matthew four. Well, excuse me, verse seventeen, for time's sake. Matthew four seventeen. From that time, Jesus began to preach. What did he do? He said what? Accept yeah. everybody quite a a difference between accept everything what did he say repent I won't take the time to go through them but verse after verse after verse shows you the same thing Jesus preached repentance and the kingdom of heaven that's what he preached repent Jesus said get right Straighten up. Get it turned around. What does repent mean? Cry and feel bad. (laughs) Uh -uh. You can cry and use up three boxes of Kleenexes. And you can counsel for three months and never repent. What does repent mean? Repent means change. 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 Now there's a lot of difference between accepting everything and saying change. Jesus said change. Didn't he? Change. And since none of us in here have arrived at total Christ-like perfection. No matter how long you've been saved and how far you've come. You still need to change. Do you believe that or not? Look at your neighbor and tell them, say, hey, you need to change. <laughs> you, you need to change. Is that true or not? Can you become less carnal and more like Jesus? Is, that, is it possible? You could be well then you need to change. So then you shouldn't be shocked when the Lord shows you something you need to change. You shouldn't be hurt and go, Oh. Thought I was doing so good. Yeah, but you didn't imagine you have arrived, did you? No. The Lord's so good, He's so He's kind. You know, he'll show you something, and you go, Ooh, that's not pretty. I, okay. And then so you work on that and, and you overcome and you make a change and you go, Glory to God and and then He shows you something else. You go, Oh. Oh, okay. Um, praise the Lord. And so you work on that. And, and you change that and, and you think, glory to God, man, I changed both of those things. So Praise God. And Jesus says, yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, there is something over here that, you, <laughs> that you, you go, Lord, okay, I work on that. And you think, man, yeah, that, that thing and maybe two more things, maybe I'll be there. And uh, if the Lord took us and set us in the light of the perfection of Jesus, and we'd look at where we are and where we're to go. We'd go, oh, God, just put me out of my misery quick. But he doesn't do that. He'll show you what you can receive and what you can handle and deal with. But don't assume because you've fixed five things that you have arrived. Come on now. And the good news is he has faith that you and I and all of us will become like the master before this is over. I know we don't all look like it yet, but we got time. In this life and beyond, he's going to keep working through us until I'm telling you, the Bible said the world doesn't know it yet, but we are the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but when we see him, one of the most amazing things is we're going to look at him in his glory. We're going to go, glory to God. We will be like him. That's been working ever since we were born again. And it should continue to work. Jesus preached repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 23. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. What did he preach? Did you know the gospel is the gospel of the kingdom? The glad tidings, the good news about what? Yes, Jesus, but as it pertains to the kingdom. Jesus connected them. So many have not. They talk about Jesus, but they don't talk about the kingdom. And that's not consistent with what Jesus taught. Jesus talked so much about the kingdom that his disciples were just looking around every corner going, Is it going to happen now? Is it happening now? The Bible said they, they supposed it would immediately appear. And they were talking, you remember, we need to get mind renewal. They would talk amongst each other and go, who do you think is going to be the biggest in the kingdom? <laughs> remember that? They got into arguments about it. Why? Because he talked so much about it. He preached about it continuously. And when he told them to go preach, you know what he told them to go do? Go preach the kingdom. That's what he said. We're supposed to preach the gospel. Yes, the gospel of the kingdom. The good news about the kingdom. What's the first principle of prosperity? Seek first first what? The The kingdom. The kingdom. What is the kingdom? If you want to get enlightened further on this, just look up, get your concordance, look up every place where Jesus referred to the kingdom. And you will go on and on and on and on, and you will begin to realize, man, he emphasized this all the time. We have not emphasized it enough. We've gotten away from some things. We need to how many think we ought to preach like Jesus preached? We ought to emphasize what he emphasized, and we're not and it didn't end with Jesus in the book of Acts. That's what Paul preached. Look up the references and see. He preached, he he persuaded them concerning the things of the kingdom of God. The kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. One place it said from from early to late, he went through all the law and the prophets, persuading them concerning Jesus and the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom? Two words: king, dumb. Dumb. Is D-O-M short for dominion. The kingdom is the dominion of the king. What the king rules over. What the king reigns over. And the purpose of every minister, of every church, of every ministry, is to build this kingdom, advance this kingdom. Thought we're supposed to reach people as saying the same thing. Now, there are areas where Jesus is not ruling. There are many people on the planet, Jesus is not ruling over them. And he told us to preach. And the proclamation of the good news. There's anointing on that. And he confirms that word. With signs following. There should be the healings. There should be the deliverances. And it's all to have the impact. And then we say the kingdom is here. The kingdom is here. You better get in. Come on in. Bow your knee. Let him have dominion over let him Let him reign over your life. How do you get born again? believe in your heart you confess with your mouth what Jesus is what lord. not not just savior he's what lord, lord. it is the lord who has the dominion the book of daniel is rich in this area god allowed nebuchadnezzar He allowed Daniel to see the kingdoms from where they were to the end where the kingdom of God would consume and replace everything. You want to read about it a little bit? Go back to Daniel. Go back to Daniel. Second chapter. Somebody say the kingdom. Amen. Say it again, the kingdom. Amen. I believe we should be very stirred up about the kingdom of God this week. Hmm. thought this was week of increase. <laughs> I understand, you don't seek first the kingdom, there ain't going to be no increase. And a lot of people have been missing it in this year. They, they're confessing increase, they're confessing confessing, but they're violating the first basic principle of prosperity, which is to seek first the kingdom. But if you seek first the kingdom, what Jesus, Jesus, the master, what he say would happen? All these things that the Lord already knows you have need of, all these things will be added. That very word in the Greek is also translated increase. And the word added means to place alongside of, to place or lay in addition to. And this is consistent with all the scriptures that went before. He told her, he said, don't seek all these things like the Gentiles. They're making that the main thing. And Jesus says, these are just add-ons. Somebody got it. All this stuff, you know, what you going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to live, what you're going to drive, all this stuff. The Lord knows you need all that stuff. But if you focus on that and you seek that, you're just like the world. But if there's something else consuming your heart and your mind and your focus, and you're going after that night and day, the Lord says, don't even think about all that. I'm going to lay that beside you. I'm going to add that to you and just lay that in addition to what? In addition to your unrelenting pursuit of advancing the kingdom of God. I've experienced some of it. And I believe I'm coming into more of it. That if you eat, sleep, drink, breathe the kingdom of God, the money will be there. The stuff will be there. The vehicles will be there. The people will be there. Come on, the open doors, the opportunities will be there. If you get distracted and you start working night and on day on getting the people or getting the money or getting the stuff, now you've got things backwards. You've got them turned around. You've got them upside down. That's all. After all those things, the Gentiles, the ungodly are seeking for All this other stuff, money, clothes, houses, vehicles, buildings, lands, (laughs) add-ons. Just add-ons. Don't get hung up on that. Don't, Don't get focused on that. Why? Because none of this stuff will last. All of it, I mean, we really don't have a clue how temporary it is. I had the privilege of uh, going to and working at Rainbow Bible Training Center Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry for years. And one day I heard some uh, some first year students discussing some things on the side and one of them was telling about all the stuff. He's supposed to be giving a testimony I think but I he's just bragging about all the stuff he had. And he had more stuff than than a lot of the other guys that were standing around. He was just bragging, bragging. Once in a while he'd say the Lord but he's just bragging. And uh Finally, one of the guys, you know, it it, it was unseemly. And one of the guys spoke up and said, so what? Your pile of ashes will be bigger than mine. (laughs) You know, it's true. Everything down here, the Bible said it's going to melt with fervent heat. Everything down here. Focusing on it. Making a big deal out of it is a big mistake. It's all so temporary. And it really has no value unless we can use it to advance the kingdom some way. Hmm?
1: Glory to God.
0: Tell me the first principle of prosperity again. Tell it.
1: Seek
0: Seek what? Seek the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. What's the kingdom? The kingdom is the reign. Of the king. It's the rule of the king. It's God's will that nobody should perish. But that everybody. Would come and bow their knee. And confess Jesus as Lord. And let him be king. And let him be Lord. Over their life. And in that case. They would become part of. The kingdom. Wouldn't they?
1: Yeah.
0: What is the heart of the master? I heard a preacher one time saying he. He was out in this huge city. In the central park area. And. Uh, he's just down there. Fellowship with the Lord. and The Lord spoke to his heart and said. Son what do you see? He looked around he thought. I, I see buildings. I see cars. I see trains. I see. Buses and airplane going on. The Lord said, that's not what I see. He said, I see people in the houses. I see people in the cars. I see people in the train and the airplane. That's significant. Next time you meet a car, don't think car. That car is going to be a pile of ashes very soon. Next time you see a house don't think house. See it's easy to be carnal and be external and be shallow. Especially where there's a lot of people and a lot of stuff around. People just become fixtures and and nameless and faces and and pushing and shoving. No that's not how the Lord sees it. He sees hearts and souls and minds and they're precious and every one of them he died for. And every one of them, he so wants them to let him in their life. Yep. If they would just bow their knee to him. if they ju- He's knocking at the door. If they'd just open and let him in. And let him be Lord. He wants to fix it for them. Yes. He wants to remove their sin and take everything out of the way so they can come right into the presence of the Father. And fellowship with no hindrance or hesitation. No guilt, no shame, no condemnation. He wants to meet their needs. He wants to feed them. He wants to clothe them. He wants to bring them up to a whole nother level. He wants to heal their babies. Yeah. Yeah. But they have to let him in. If they won't let him in. If they won't bow their knee to him. If they won't, let, if they won't become a part of what he has dominion over. Then he is chosen by his own righteousness. And not to interfere and override no matter how desperately they need him because if he just pushed in and made them take it that'd be like the enemy and he's not that way and he never will be what's important is the kingdom because the kingdom is not just here and now the kingdom is our future the kingdom is forever one of the key words you see time after time, scores of times, the everlasting kingdom of his kingdom shall be no end. Mm. This is not imaginary. This is not fiction. Soon and very soon, there'll be no USA, there'll be no United Kingdom, there'll be no nation of Canada. All of this will be gone. There'll be one kingdom. (laughs) Won't be any elections. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) One, somebody say one, one One kingdom. One kingdom. And you know who will be the people of place and position in that kingdom? The people who pursued it in this life. Did you find Daniel 2? Let's read it from the word here. Daniel 2. You know the king Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. He saw something It impressed him tremendously and then he woke up and he couldn't remember it. And he desperately wanted to find out what it was and what it meant. And he couldn't remember it. And he asked his guys, the astrologers and soothsayers to come. And, and they said, well, tell us a dream and we'll give you the interpretation. And he said, no. You tell me the dream and then I'll know you can tell me the interpretation. they said, oh, king. No king ever asked that kind of thing. from Nobody knows that but the gods, they said. And, and it made him mad. He said, so kill them all. And so Daniel and his friends were part of them so they come to the house I guess in the middle of the night or whenever drag them out and kill them and Daniel says why are you so hasty and, and so he told them and then he said let me go talk to the king and he went in and said king give me some time and, and we'll tell you that's faith <laughs> then he went back home got his fellows together and they prayed but you know they prayed I mean it's, if you don't get the answer to this one you're going to lose your head right I mean I imagine they did some serious praying that night Of course, you know begging in fear wouldn't help you at all either. You had to pray in faith, and well, God showed him the dream. God showed him the dream and showed him what it meant, and so he was able to go back and tell him. Thank you, Lord. He said, verse twenty-seven. Daniel 2.27, Daniel answered in the presence of the king, and he said, the secret which the king has demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king, but there is a God in heaven that reveals secrets, and he's made known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed are these. As for you, O king, your thoughts came into your mind upon your bed. What should come to pass hereafter? And he that reveals secrets make known to you what shall come to pass. Let's just stop right here. What happened before the king had the dream? He was thinking about that. The mind is the doorway. Whatever you put your mind on you open your spirit up too. He was laying there, there in his bed thinking about what kind of kingdom would come after his and then what might happen after that. And he was on that channel spiritually. Do you see that? And so the Lord just unfolded it to him. We need to learn to focus our minds on things. Hold them in areas. As our mind is on it, then our spirit is open to it. He said, verse 31. You saw and beheld a great image, this great image whose brightness was excellent, stood before you and the form was terrible. The image's head was of gold fine gold, his breast and arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. And you saw till that a stone was cut out without hands." Which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and broke them to pieces. And then the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold broke to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floor. And the wind carried them away and no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream. And we'll tell you the interpretation therefore. O king, you're a king of kings. The God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power and strength and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beast of the field and fowls of the heaven, he's given into your hand and made the ruler over them all. You are the head of gold. After you shall arise another kingdom inferior to you and another third kingdom of of, of brass which shall bear rule, bear rule, that's what a kingdom is, over all the earth and the fourth kingdom. Shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaks in pieces and subdues all things, and as iron that breaks all these, shall it break in pieces and bruise. And whereas you saw that the feet and toes part of potter's clay, part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, and there shall be in it of the strength of the iron, for as much as you saw the iron mixed with miry clay, and the toes of the feet were part iron and part clay, so the kingdom would be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas you saw iron mixed with miry clay, they'll mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they'll not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces And consume all these kingdoms. And it shall stand forever. For as much as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands. And that it broke in pieces. The iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, the gold. The great God has made known to the king what shall come to pass thereafter. And the dream is certain. And the interpretation thereof. Sure. The stone which the builders rejected. (laughs) The stone not fathered by a human father, cut out of the mountain without hands. That stone ground to powder. Every other kingdom that had ever come before it or ever existed and they became like dust and the wind came and swept them away and there's no more Rome, there's no more Nebuchadnezzar, there's no more U.S. of A., there's no more anything except the kingdom of God. The stone became a great mountain and filled up the whole earth. And it is an everlasting kingdom that has no end, that shall never end. That's what you and I are to seek first. Can you say amen? amen. Somebody say glory to, God. glory to God. Say it again, glory to God. Glory to God. Say it again, glory to God. Glory to God. For the everlasting kingdom. Oh hallelujah. Stand up on your feet everybody. Stand up on your feet. Let's begin to lift our hands. Begin to praise the Lord. For the everlasting. Kingdom. The everlasting. Kingdom. Thank you Lord for the kingdom that shall never end the kingdom that shall never cease, never fail never be replaced the everlasting 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 oh just lift your hand, just close your eyes just praise him some saints let your mind go to tomorrow and next year and a century from now and A thousand years from now. Where will you be? What will exist? The kingdom. The dominion of the most high. The reign. Of the king of kings. And the lord of lords. Oh hallelujah. Oh lord. We worship you, we praise you. We magnify your holy name. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Oh, Lord, we bless you. Hallelujah.